Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to another awesome episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Today is Turdos, Sun's Dawn the 27th, and you are just 35 days away from the launch of Elder Scrolls Online. Our show is sponsored in part by TweakedAudio.com. For quality headphones and 30% off, use our code off the record at TweakedAudio.com and AudibleTrial.com slash Network. You can download your free book today at AudibleTrial.com slash Network, and more on those folk later. Also, our show is sponsored by such awesome fans, such as Ed F., who says, I followed your show since Skyrim off the record, and each OTR show since. Keep up ESOTR and the Quest Gaming Network, Shadow Hide You. And Tomas, who wants to shout out his mod, Amulet of the Huge G, plus events on the Steam Workshop. Now you can become one of the fabled huge G's with this anniversary amulet provided by my mod. To commemorate the 100th episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record, this amulet boosts health, stamina, and magicka by 100. Enjoy! Dekas has recently hired a group of Marauder Argonians to protect him and his precious cargo as well as some NPCs you may recognize from Oblivion. As this is my first published mod, suggestions are greatly welcome. The amulet can be found on the ground at the shipwreck of Hella's Folly. And again, that's on the Steam Workshop. So thank you very much, guys, for sponsoring our show today. We're going to be covering quite a bit on the show, so, so strap in. We got a big, fat, old, pudgy show here for you. Uh, first thing on the, on the old hit parade is going to be the NDA has lifted for Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, collision detection has also been added to Elder Scrolls Online and exactly why you should care. And we've got a video uh, on our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash Network features this one, this one video that our um, news director, uh, Joe Bradford, did. Uh, it's about four minutes long. We're going to show that and then talk about some of the features that he brings up as well. Also, uh, the music of Elder Scrolls Online, Jeremy Soule, Maluka, and yes, iTunes. We've got that article by Brian Armstrong here for you today. Plus, in the Elder Scroll, Lou, Lou will be, pre- be presenting more mythical weapons of Tamriel. Your dev question of the week, this week in Tamrielic holidays, and your emails. But, well, that's not all. Huge, uh, huge news regarding regarding uh, streaming capabilities for this week's beta event, and we're going to tell you exactly what we have planned here at uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record. QGN is doing a tremendous, tremendous stream, sixty hours long, the entire weekend. We've got all the details for that later on in the show, so don't worry. We'll be talking about that as well. And and for those of you in the chat room. We've got a huge event for you today. Almost 50 beta keys were given to us, donated by listeners of our show to give to you tonight. That's right. Almost 50. And we're going to be throwing them out there today. Uh, We've got our, our community manager, John Supa. He's in the chat room right now. John, why don't you start go ahead and uh, you know, 
throw uh throw out some of those some of those uh beta keys. Now what we're doing right now is we we're using a special Twitch app called Moobot <laughs> to uh select <laughs> to randomly select anyone who is following our channel. So if you're not following our channel right now, follow our channel. We've got 47 beta keys right now to give away. If you have beta keys and you're in our live channel and you want to donate to them during the live show, I've got our email inbox up right here, right now. Go to elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com, email it to us, and we'll give it out during the show live. So make sure you're following us because that's what qualifies you, and then hopefully you'll get one. All right. Uh, Dave, we've got some quick stuff to mention, please, once you uh, get into to some of this as well. Um, uh, sure. Thanks, man. First, quick to mention, uh, with the new beta invites having gone out this week, starting with the NDA, has been uh, lifted totally. That's that's what you want me to read, right? Yes, please. Okay. And that screenshot posting, streaming, and all sorts of information can be covered. You can rest assured that QGN will be bringing you an unprecedented event. Ooh. Mm. We are streaming non-stop 60 straight hours the entire beta weekend oh yeah on our twitch channel <laughs> servers are up at noon eastern tomorrow that's friday february 28th again the entire weekend morning noon and night we will be live more on that later oh and again we're giving away 50 beta keys. Or Indeed. just about. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also. So, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, it's. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, this is going to be amazing. Like I said, we, we've got a lot of features later on in the show we're going to talk about. Um, also, I want to announce right now that ESO Alliance Episode 4 will be recorded live next Friday, March 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern on our Twitch channel. Uh, follow us at Elder Scrolls OTR on Twitter for the latest updates on that episode, which will feature ESO personalities Andrew from Tamara Foundry, as well as Josh and Kyle from ShoddyCast. Uh, before we get into any of the big news uh, for the week, I sort of want to know what uh, what you guys have been up to. And I guess maybe we'll start with, uh, with Lou. What have you guys been up to in, in Tamriel this week? Oh, well... My big news is finally one of my characters, my assassin, she has finally hit 50. Shut your mouth. Yeah. No. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. She finally hit 50. So, yes, finally I had that one, that one achievement, the master achievement unlocked after all this time. Yes. How many years has Skyrim been out now? Mm. First character hit 50. Congratulations. I hope, I hope Liz is in the chat room and, and hears this. Because I know she'd love to hear it. Yeah. And all it means to me is like, you know what? Four more characters to go. <laughs> Get to that point. <laughs> Four so more alts to go. Hopefully by the time Elder Scrolls Six comes out, uh, you'll you'll have that. Uh... I'll have one more or maybe two. Right. <laughs> At the rate I'm going. <laughs> and, well, now she's, since she hit 50, I remember I mentioned last week that um, I was going to pursue now the actual main you know, overall story. So... She's going after the big guy right now. Okay, there goes Alduin. Yeah. Yep, going after Alduin. And right now I am currently clearing out uh, Skuldafen. 
Because okay. once I realized that there's a lot of stuff there to look at, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a shank. I'm going to explore every tower, every place. <laughs> nice. So I went in there. I was like, you know, I'm just going to kill every freaking drugger I see. Mm-hmm. I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been doing that with my melee webs. I actually been using my bow. So since I need to work on my archery. Because right now she's only 87. I'm trying to get at least uh, to 100. All right. Max that out. Oh, and then the big thing, I find another thing is I finally have two characters now. 21 out of 24 stones of Berenziah. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> funny funny note on that. Um, I was playing uh, Skyrim with Jenny, uh, I think it was on Saturday or something. And she was, you know, wa- wandering around some area, and I was watching her, and she, she came up on a, a Baranzaya stone. So I told her, I was like, oh, grab that, grab that. Those, those things are tough to find. She's like, oh, those things, I find them all the time. I've got, like, I don't know, 15, 18 of them. I'm like, what? <laughs> How are you finding them like this? <laughs> are you finding them? And, I, I mean, it, it, it just it killed me because... I think maybe I've had a, a total of like five of those things <laughs> ever. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad to hear that you're you're uh, closing in. Holy holy crap, guys! I mean, the the send button might break, I and mean, you're sending all these beta keys. I can't keep up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think I know at the end what the award for that is. The you get the uh, jacket crown, I believe. Once you put all the stone, once you get all the stones, yeah. mm-hmm. you get the crown after you collect all of them. Yeah, I mean that the crown actually probably make more sense in my battle mage as opposed to my assassin. But what the heck, get it done anyway. Yeah, <laughs> just to have it. Because I have like one, one I think I have one chest in uh, in Breeze Home that I have all like the the really cool Daedric artifacts I find. So except the Wyvern Jack, because that always comes with me, all my characters, no matter what. <laughs> Doesn't matter what they are, melee. <laughs> no, the Wyvern Jack comes with them. <laughs> Always. Always. Because you never know. <laughs> All right. Anything else, man? No, no, that's it. I mean, I'll, I'll save the rest of it for, uh, for later on with the with the uh, crafting table. Yeah, sure. Okay. So. All right. Um, Dave, what about? Well, Shank, what about you? We haven't we haven't heard from you yet. Uh, well, I actually did a live stream on uh, Saturday, actually, and I, I joined the Imperial Legion. And uh, for the initiation, you have to clear out uh, Fort Trogstad, which is, which is up uh, just southwest of Solitude. So I went up there, cleared it out on the live stream. Took about like a little bit over an hour because I was I was like methodically, you know, doing my shank sneaking around. Don't just run in there and kill people. But I went in and I, and I you know, lower levels, so my sneak wasn't too high. But I did my best to kind of sneak around, take out one person at a time. And uh, eventually, I did clear out the fort. And then, obviously, you know, the next mission, okay, you got to go to Corvignan. So I went in there, and there's, like, literally no way you can be sneaky in there, man. I had to just, like, run, like, just straight down in there, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to die. So basically, I just <laughs> let all, like, the like my little Imperial uh, Legion, like, fan, like, um, uh, guards or whatever just run out in front of me, which was cool because I could just stand back and, like, snipe with my bow. It kind of worked. Um and I guess now I'm just kind of walking my way over to uh, Riften just to go do some Thieves stuff. But um, a cool sort of kind of cool announcement-ish. Um, I'm, it, I'm really excited anyway. But um, my uh, 
GTX 780 Ti Superclocked is uh, arriving tomorrow, and um, I'm actually going to be setting it up. And just it's like perfect just in time because we're having that that ESO live stream event all weekend. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm gonna be one of the um, guys from the uh, the network that's going to be streaming. So it's like, dude, it's like perfect time for the live stream. I get to set up this brand new card. And I'm wicked stoked for it, man. I'm really, really excited. I, I, I knew now when I, I heard Totally Heroes, which, by the way, if you're not listening to Totally Heroes, you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> Flat out. Just stop waking up and getting out of bed until you start listening to the show because you're wrong with the minute your feet hit the floor if you're not listening to the show. Um, I was listening to Totally Heroes, which, by the way, if you're not listening, you're doing <laughs> – uh, and Shank had said that, yeah, man, he's he, you know, I'm getting a GTX 780 Ti. It's on pre-order. You know, should be coming in by the by the end of the week. Um, well, actually, what he said was he was gonna he was gonna pick it up by the end of the week. So it, it's it's cool for me to hear that that you, you got this thing, and I'm I'm happy for you. Oh yeah, this is like sort of like my pre sort of birthday presents. Uh, so I'm right. wicked stoked for this. Uh, I dude, I can't wait, man. And Sky, it, Skyrim ENB with this card is gonna be nuts. Uh, I'm sure it will, based on what you said on on Totally Heroes. Now, if you want to know why this GTX 780 Ti is better for you than the brand new uh, Titan Black, listen to Totally Heroes. I'm not going to spoil it for you right now. <laughs> Yay, cross-promotion. <laughs> whoop, whoop. See how I did that? You liked some of that? I see what you did there. That's how it goes. Uh, anything else, man? No, that, that's that's about it, man. Short and sweet. Okay. Uh, we just got, uh, we just got two beta keys from a guy named Sergeant Blunt. Nothing wrong nice. with that at all whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, so it, when I said we were giving away 47, I meant what I said was we're giving away 56. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just math. Come on. Oh. Math. That's right. Math. This has become give ESOTR your beta keys show, not the other way around at this point. Yeah, we've like given it. out less than we've gotten, and we're giving them out as fast as we can. <laughs> Pretty much. I like how this is working, though. Um, sorry, I had to cancel cancel Classic Elder Scrolls Night last week. I I don't like doing that, and I always look forward to Classic. Um, problem was is that it had a family emergency, and um, it needed to be attended to immediately. So. Um, everyone's okay, you know, medically. Uh, but y- you know, we had, we had a huge, uh, possibly life-changing event happen and, um, I needed to stay close to home. So unfortunately I couldn't do classic Elder Scrolls night. I do apologize. Uh, we will have one this week. I, I promise you on that. Uh, but it, it definitely had, it definitely stunk not, not being able to do that. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Skyrim. I'll, I'll tell you that doing classic, maybe two weeks ago, doing Fred's mod got me back into Skyrim. So now I've been playing that and it seems that my, uh, my paladin has come out of retirement. He was, um, running around doing the, the mages guild and, uh, playing Fred's mod suiting back up in the, um, and the heavy armor and using the sword and the shield again. Ah, something about it, you know? <laughs> is is this the same uh, paladin that uh, gave the burial, yes. the, uh, the Nordic burial to that dead Nord girl? Yes, it is. <laughs> I have been wow. talking, I've been talking about this same character since 
like episode 20, 30, something like that. <laughs> I, I created this character within the first six months of the show being out. And I, I've had other paladin type characters um, in, you know, before that, but this one was the one that I really uh, built the way I wanted it to be built and felt the way I wanted it to play. And I've, I've held him ever since. And I, I, I love this character. He's just awesome. It's great. So, and every now and again, I take him out, dust him off, give him a pat on the old butt and, you know, throw him out there into some, some, uh, Draugr caves, Draugr ruins and, and Falmer caves and beat up some dragons and crap. So that's a lot of fun. Um, what else did I do this week? Oh, right. Yeah. I tested controller support for oblivion on the PC and it's like terrible. It kept crashing. Um, they, I mean, controller Not support a damn thing on this. Yeah. That's, that's because, uh, oblivion, uh, natively has no native, uh, c- controller support. I, I've dude, trust me. I've spent hours and hours trying to find a solution for this. Yeah. The only way to do it is using a third party app. The best one I got was using a game, uh, app called pinnacle game profiler. Okay. But even then, like for the menus and stuff, you need to use your keyboard and mouse, um, yeah, I don't, but. See, that I don't mind. That that I can deal with. Um, it it just seems to me that the the Oblivion runs so much better on a um, on a controller than it does with a mouse and keyboard, and you really really feel it when you're trying to do the lock picking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just <laughs> so stark when I I decided to pick up um, uh, my old Oblivion character from like I don't know three years ago, four years ago on my, my Xbox and I'm playing it and having a good time. And then it came to lock picking. I'm like, ah, yeah, this is going to be cringe worthy. Right through it. Bam. Done. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I felt like I've been doing pushups the wrong way. And now I'm like super trained and I can just bang out the, the, the bang them out the right way. Yeah, man, it's 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 just it's it's it. That game came out on PC like right before like the controller support started becoming kind of like a thing. So yeah, you gotta just like third party it, and even then, it's not perfect. No, but uh, hey, I'll tell you what: you plug a controller into Skyrim, and it's just bam like that. Plug and play. Oh yeah, beautiful. The UI changes and everything. It's no longer oh you know hit this button to activate or hit E to activate. No, hey, great. It was it was beautiful. Um, that's what I did. Dave, what about you? You've got some stuff on the ESOTR guild that people have been kind of clamoring for. Yes. Uh, it's, it's just a little bit, a little taste to help you, uh, get a, just a tidbit of information, but here's what we got. Uh, some of you may have already heard me go over a lot of this during my appearance on Maury's legendary fail live stream, <laughs> which... <laughs> If you don't know, he he plays Legendary Skyrim, which I'm pretty sure that's the exact name. Mori's Legendary Fail livestream. Mm-hmm. Because he got killed like 30 times. It was hilarious. Uh, but I was, I guessed it on there, and I, I spoke with the the people in the chat room. And I want to go over on live on the show here uh, what changes we've made and what, what we see coming, you know, real quick forward. Sure. Um. First off, we have new sub forums on our our forums at questgamingcommunity.com to help facilitate the guild coming in. I'm sure there's going to be more forums. 
uh, once we decide on them officially, that will be put in. And I got to thank Supa again in our chat room. Uh, thank you for spearheading that and getting that done. That was that's awesome. Um, also, I want to go ahead and pre-warn everybody. Within the next week or two, we will probably be putting up a poll for which PvP faction our guilds will be choosing. For those of you who don't know, uh, guilds are required to select and back one of the three factions. And that'll be which faction its campaign will be selected on. So we will have a poll up there, uh, more likely than not. Uh, we'll have a poll up for people to vote on where their where which faction we choose to be on. Uh, that may or may not. I I don't know for sure. That may pro- will probably dictate which faction our guild bank is on as well, or the, our guild shop. So no, it doesn't dictate that. It doesn't. No, it. it... Well, yeah, actually, it we'll will. have to see. Uh, we'll gather more information and be more before before the poll comes out. I'll gather more information and tell you exactly what it means and what it doesn't mean. Okay. There will we want to be as clear as possible before we choose um, to put it on Evan Hart Pact. We will we will definitely <laughs> we will definitely give you that that option to vote uh, before we outright disregard Odd Mary Dominion. So, uh, <laughs> as you see, we are completely unbiased. Totally, <laughs> totally. Dave's unbiased. No, I, I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the people choose if that if we if that is necessary, and I do believe it is. Um, now, just a heads up: we will have a foundation meeting in the works. It's it's planned. We have people who are necessary to get the guilds themselves up and rolling. I've invited them. Uh, all to come sit down and discuss important points that are necessary for the guild. And we will be putting up decisions that, that we've made in that meeting. I'll be putting up a post to outline uh, simple things about the guild, like rules or explaining what's going to happen, who to message, things like that, just to, to set the ground rules of the ESOTR guild. So I want everyone to know, expect that update next week at the earliest. And that's barring natural disaster, an act of God, a million kittens running into our house and we have to stop doing what we're doing to pet them. You know, things (laughs) like that. But, But should there not be any craziness happen, expect next week that, uh, we have word out for everybody as to exactly the ground rules for ESOTR Guild. Now, Dave, what do we have in place in the event of a kitten holocaust? Um, well, honestly, of, of any of the things that could happen, uh, natural disaster, we pretty much were all inside, so right. we don't have to worry about that 90% of the time. Okay. Uh, act of God, we're talking like somebody gets exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, we pretty much could, could deal with losing one or two people, especially Shank. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, so, but of the one thing that would just grind us to a halt, it's that, uh, the kitten holocaust. And, yeah. and for those who don't know, that's where the air literally becomes kittens. Mm. 
it's a horrible thing to have happened. Um, it the last time I heard it occurred in uh, somewhere in the uh, the uh, constellation of Casturbaris, and it was not a good thing. No, no. Uh, for those who didn't immediately choke and die on kittens, which is a adorable yet horrible way to per- perish. Um, the others decided to forego food and water just to pet the kittens. Right. It was horrible. It was, it, yeah, it, it the, uh, yeah, the entire, all the galaxies in that particular constellation, uh, didn't make it. So, all right. Uh, well, uh, barring any cotton kitten Holocaust or kitten Armageddon, uh, we're going to start our discussion topics. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. The NSA must think, think that we're crazy. They would be right. In their tongue, he's Dovahkiin. I can't not play that bumper without doing some jerk animation on the live stream. Just... All right, so the NDA has lifted for Elder Scrolls Online. Woohoo! Yes. Yay. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, February 25th, Zenimax announced a new round of beta test invites have gone out. And this time, you can share your experiences in Tamriel any way you choose to. Feel free to stream. Post screenshots and videos and write your impressions. Oh, and don't forget to bring along a friend. Now, here's what they had to say. This weekend, we're inviting millions to test millions to test the Elder Scrolls online. Today, we're, <laughs> we're sending out more beta invites for an ESO scale test. If you receive an invite, there will be an extra beta code included that you can give a friend to join in Tamriel. For this beta, you are no longer required to follow the non-disclosure agreement or the NDA. We invite you to post your best screenshots, videos, and impressions this weekend and live stream your adventures for everyone to see. Be sure to use hashtag ESOBeta to share your favorite moments with the world participants this weekend will also unlock an exclusive monkey vanity pet for pc and mac that you can have at launch thanks for your continued enthusiasm and support as we march toward launch we look forward to seeing you in tamriel this weekend oh yeah oh yeah now let me get this up on the uh the old live stream here uh we've got a oh that doesn't look good at all what's going on here oh there we go <laughs> are you looking at our, looking at the monkey i'm looking at Look at my monkey. <laughs> curious, awesome, George. Isn't it? Yeah. He's like, hey, bro, what's up? Oh, you're beta testing, son? Yo. So am I. So am I. <laughs> Let's get some nanas, yo. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, if you can say nanas, then no. you can't give me crap anytime no. I say za or sush. No. Not I, the same. Sush? Really? Sush. Yeah, dude. You you dropped one letter. <laughs> One yeah. letter off of sushi just to make it one of one those letter, words. but fifty percent of the syllables. <laughs> sushi. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, NDA finally lifted. 
that's that's fantastic. Too soon, Dave. Whether the NDA is lifted? Yeah, is that too soon? Are, are you kidding? <laughs> like, are are you? You're just trying to get me to react negatively, aren't you? I'm trying to. I'm I'm getting you to react is what I'm doing. Okay. I, I, you know, I've been going through some really hard therapy lately just to try to stifle my, my anger uh-huh. at some of this NDA crap. Right. And, and my my therapist has told me, uh, don't give in to people who, you know, try to goad you into the... Damn it! The NDA has been freaking by this time! <laughs> people are so... Oh, my God. The NDA, this has been a long time coming. Thank Talos this crap has lifted! um okay now now i i mean i i agree is there anyone here that disagrees should this should this either a have have been in place longer should it have been lifted a long time ago or is this right about the right time i disagree i think it should still be in place for another couple weeks um and here's why okay purely just to troll dave all right Oh, thank you. <laughs> what about you, uh, Lou? Uh, I think it's it's actually it's good it's good timing that part. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are less than thirty five days away. Okay, and for a lot of folks who still clamor about that, oh my god, where's the open beta? You know, we'll just point you back to the site saying they weren't going to hold an open beta, which they mentioned months ago. Mm-hmm. So. If you're not in this weekend, do it. But I think this is a good time for them to lift NDA. And man, I'm looking forward to streaming. <laughs> yeah, um, I think with the with the there was now there were some features that were added to the game this week, and and we'll have um, Bradford talk a little bit about that as well, and then we'll we'll get into uh, those features. I think that right now, Elder Scrolls Online looks and feels fantastic. Um, I, I think it's ready for launch, really. And that makes me think that this is the perfect time to open up, um, open up streaming, lift the NDA completely, and allow beta testers to finally showcase to the world how fantastic this game really is. That being said, I don't think the build of this game that has existed, um, bugs and all, since the beginning of the year... I don't think that that's a build of the game that they they necessarily should have been hiding. I I think that, you know, you could have just simply said, we're lifting the NDA. Everyone can write and talk, write about it, talk about it without, without issue, stream it without issue. Um, But be, be aware you're going to see bugs and uh, we're not a hundred percent there yet. And I think people, the majority of people I think would have been cool with it. What do you think, Dave? Am I right? Am I crazy? I think that it's been negatively impactful to hold back the the people who really want to speak positively about this game. Hmm. The holding back the NDA this long has to, at, at this moment proven only to allow the naysayers who don't care about the NDA to be the ones to come forward. The people who really do have good things to say, have a positive thing to say, they've been stifled because the NDA has lasted so long. But, I mean, I get it. They've, I mean, pretty much immediately when the beta started, 
they caught bad press of someone putting it on the lowest resolution possible and coming into the game and derping around. Yeah. Intentionally trying to show the game in a bad light. Yeah. That was the first beta session. And I get it. They got burned immediately. But not everybody was like that. A lot of people wanted to show the great aspects of this game, but their voices were hidden behind the NDA. And, you know, I can see it from both sides, but I feel that a lot of good could have come from the NDA lifting sooner. Uh, Agreed. Go ahead, Shank. I I have to like, I I half agree with uh, Dave. I, I agree that it should have been lifted sooner. But not only so that the, uh, the the folks that had genuinely like positive things to say about the game could uh, you know speak their mind, but also people uh, like me who had um, you know I, I had been playing the beta for a while, um, and I did have criticisms of it. But because the NDA was sort you know still in place, I, I couldn't necessarily voice any specific criticisms either. So I had to talk around you know kind of vague generalities, which didn't really contribute to the conversation too much and it it didn't kind of force the issue. So, I mean, I I see it from that kind of standpoint. So yes, it would, it would have helped the folks that uh, genuinely were like, yeah, you know, this is a good game because of X, Y, and Z. Um, But I also think that it would have helped folks uh, like me who had uh, criticism saying, you know what, it could be better because of X, Y, and Z. Um, So, but I still agree with Dave that, you know, it should have been lifted a little bit earlier, but this is still great news because I mean, what did you what did you read up here? It says you can post your screenshots. I mean, hello, Shank and screenshots. Mm, pretty much. Yeah, hand I don't in think hand. that Shank likes screenshots. I've never seen him post that before. You know, follow uh, him on Twitter. My PS4 <laughs> share button's not broken at, at all. It's fully yeah. functional. Yeah, it's more it's more uh, worn down than his the activate button. <laughs> uh, Lou, your your closing arguments, and then we're going to start talking about what people can expect from QGN this weekend. Well, all I do is say is this, you know, come on, get a key if you can, get in there, test it out for yourself. All right, if you're still on the fence, or with a yay and nay for the game, come on, golden opportunity here. Yeah, now's the and, time. you know, now the NDA's been lifted, you, now everyone's free to share their thoughts and experiences across the board. So. Very good. Um, there's been a lot of people, actually, that I have seen. Uh, come out and, and say, you know, very. I was very negative in the beginning, but now that I've had a chance to play the the new build that's out, um, I really enjoy it, and I was wrong. And um, there's a great post on Reddit, the Elder Scrolls Online subreddit, that says exactly that, and it's it's good, it's very good, and um, I appreciate. It takes it takes a real person of character to come out and say some of the things that the person did. So. Uh, shout out to you, whoever you are, and um, I do appreciate you uh, <clears throat> going back and, and uh, reassessing. All right. Well, in related news to all of this wonderful streaming news, uh, we, Q- QGN, Quest Gaming Network, we're going to be streaming live from our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network, all weekend long starting at noon on Friday when the servers open. And the nonstop streaming will also feature your regularly scheduled weekend QGN programming plus some epic extras. And uh, so so there you go. Uh, the, the best thing about all this, we've got a physical copy of the Elder Scrolls Online Imperial Edition. 
and we're giving one away. To Shank? No. <laughs> Hosts, employees, family members of the network are ineligible for the contest. Ineligible. Um, yeah, so what happened was I, I, went, I went to GameStop. And uh, I got myself a uh, – I pre-ordered one of these things. So I have a code. Uh, the person who wins this tomorrow, by the way, on <clears throat> on um, Classic Elder Scrolls Night, they'll have to put the code in, I believe, by the 15th of March. So we're going to give it away as soon as possible. We're going to give it away tomorrow. And, uh, you know, good luck to all of you out there. Show up to Classic Elder Scrolls Night tomorrow at um, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on our Twitch channel. So so what are we doing again the the, the servers the beta servers open up at at noon tomorrow Friday uh they go all the way till midnight on Sunday and uh we're we're steadily streaming 24 hours 24 hours the entire the entire morning noon and night all the way for 60 hours straight um we're starting at noon tomorrow once we hit uh, 9 9 p.m. that's going to be classic elder scrolls night and i know the one rule of classic Elder Scrolls Night is you do not talk about fight. I mean, classic <laughs> ESO. ESO. But we're not only are we going to talk about Elder Scrolls Online, but we're going to be streaming from Elder Scrolls Online. And and before you go saying that you know jumping on a hype train here because we are, but we're you know you know <laughs> we're going to bring it back to something good. Uh, we've got something that I think that classic Elder Scrolls fans are really going to enjoy. Chocolate? I bet they enjoy chocolate. It's better Shut than up, Dave. It's better than chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> we're relating we're relating this whole thing to Oblivion. And by that I mean we're gonna be inside Cyrodiil in Elder Scrolls Online, traveling to all the forts and locations that lay in ruin in Oblivion. And we're gonna hold be up, showing hold up. hold up, I got something perfect for this. Okay. There we go. Look at that. That's the sound of a map opening up. Oh yeah, my. Yeah, there we go. There you have it. All of Cyrodiil right there in map form on, on Shank's webcam. Now, we're going to be in Elder Scrolls Online in Cyrodiil, running away from battles, Shank style. <laughs> <laughs> showing you all of these places uh, that lay in ruin in Oblivion. And we'll be showing those places in Oblivion side by side on our stream. The podcast, it's going to be available in its usual podcast format, at, and it will be live at 9 p.m. Eastern. So so we're going to show you, hey, guess what, guys? This is Fort Alessia in Elder Scrolls on, not Online. Look at look how beautiful it is, and, and um, we might even catch a live fight of, of people just battling over Fort Alessia. Uh, we're going to try and keep our distance. Um, and then <laughs> we're going to cut over to to in-game, live in-game Fort Alessia in ruin right there. Like a thousand years later, here's what you have seen in Oblivion. A thousand years ago, this is what it looked like in all of its grandeur. Wait, wait, hold on. This is this is like even shocking to me. So you're you're telling me that we're going to have two two live feeds up for this Oblivion and ESO. W- yeah. You are correct. Dude. Okay, that's pretty bamf. <laughs> Classic Elder Scrolls night. <laughs> there you go. So so um I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't feel like I was I was paying homage to to really the classic games. 
This isn't about Elder Scrolls Online. It's about it's about Oblivion, and it's about what you can see that you know from Oblivion in in Elder Scrolls Online. That's what this show is going to be about, and I, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. Yeah, as an Elder Scrolls purist, I think this is a fantastic idea. Cool, man. Thanks. That that means a lot because, you know, it, if you told me it sucked, I'd be crying right now. <laughs> okay, it sucked. <laughs> Um, then the streaming is going to continue <laughs> after, uh, <laughs> there's no crying here. Um, after, after that happens, uh, we're going to be streaming all evening long until the wee hours of the morning and beyond, uh, Saturday morning, starting at 9am Eastern until 1pm Eastern, Rob from Rift off the record, you know, him as rage will be playing elder scrolls online with his young boy and they'll be adventuring together in Tamriel. So you'll you'll hear Rob and see his gameplay with his son next to him saying, "Daddy, go kill such and such, and go kill the Netch, Daddy." And it's it's going to be great. So father and son in Tamriel starts Saturday, nine a.m. to one p.m. Then at one p.m., right after father and son in Tamriel, we've got Shank, Shank's Hitchhiker's Guide to Tamriel. Saturday, one p.m. Eastern, Shank will roam the lands of Tamriel, showcasing the beauty of Elder Scrolls Online. May I comment on this really quickly, sir? No. Please. All right. Um, so, for, <laughs> um, I tweeted this out, but basically, um, I, I want to do this for a couple reasons. Uh, mainly because I know a lot of you uh, folks that are interested in this game and are part of our community are, are like me. You come from the single player games and you you don't play MMOs. So this is I my whole goal of my uh, allotted time and my little uh, sh- session here is to show you how you can play this like an Elder Scrolls game. I'm not going to be grouping. I'm not going to be doing PvP. No raiding. It's going to be me playing ESO exactly like you've been seeing me play Skyrim. And um, you know what? I think you guys are going to like it because uh, it's it's going to be Shank being Shank, just in a different game. Yeah, and that, I think that's going to be important for a lot of a lot of fans of this show to see because... You know, it's uh, every Elder Scrolls game is different. This is an Elder Scrolls game, and they need to see um, a a purist's ability to to do what they do in this game. Um, okay, so moving on from from Shanks Hitchhiker's Guide to Tamriel, which starts at one p.m. Eastern on um, on Saturday. Later on, then now we're going to be streaming uh, from what, what time you you come off the air, Shank? Three o'clock Eastern. Yeah, one to three p.m. Eastern time. All right. So from the entire the entire uh, afternoon and evening, we're just going to be streaming ESO. Even still, uh, then community game night will kick in um, again. That's going to be Saturday night. The entire community team, or I should say, the community team, uh, will will jump into Cyrodiil and take on PvP and the armies of Tamriel from three different perspectives. And that'll be streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Hitbox starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork, youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork, and hitbox.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Uh, so check out PvP from, from three different perspectives for Community Game Night. Uh, the, the, uh, the streaming will continue on and on and on. Um, however... International members of the QGN community, uh, we also have you covered with community managers Monovan and Mori from 4 a.m. Eastern till 9 a.m. Eastern on both Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, 
So Saturday morning, Sunday morning, from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m., join Monovan and Maury as these two ragtag adventurers travel through Tamriel, killing and questing their way toward glory. So we've got something for you no matter no matter what time of the day it is. As long as you uh, catch us on twitch.tv slash Network, you're never far away from, from a pretty awesome and epic stream streaming show. And, uh, and there you go. There you have it. Now, just to show you how serious we are about, about what we do around here and how crazy we might actually be. Um, you're going to show it to him? I'm going to show it to him. <laughs> that right there. That's our streaming schedule. We have slotted in every hour from when the servers are up to when the servers go down. There's a name on here. (laughs) Oh, man. I I love it. (laughs) Go to work, play with Excel, come home. Varwin's made an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just so you know, we got you covered, and we uh, we know exactly where we're doing, what we're doing, and when we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's plenty from me. I've I've you know hogged up this entire show so far, and I I apologize, guys. Um, it's okay. We hate you. Thanks, Dave. And Dave, would you mind talking a little bit about collision detection? <laughs> uh, point number two here: collision detection added to Elder Scrolls Online. Yes. This. Uh... A recent patch added to the beta servers has added some very much requested features to the game, namely NPC collection collision detection uh, that does not include player collision for PvP. Right. As well added skipping the starter zones, which is a huge problem. Um, news director Joseph Bradford recorded this four-minute video, uh, which can be found on YouTube.com slash Network. Uh, Ivarwin, if you'd be so kind. Uh, yes, absolutely. And and here he is, uh, Joe Bradford, telling us about his experience in Elder Scrolls Online post this patch. Hi guys, Bradford here from Quest Gaming Network, and you're watching my Imperial. Yes, I did say that, my Imperial. Okay. Uh, okay, give me a second here. We have some tactical difficulties. <laughs> Welcome to live shows on QGN. Sort of vamp. Um, basically, um, the 780 Ti is going to be perfect for Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> now, why would I get the 780 Ti and not the 780 Titan Black? Good thing you asked, Dave. The 780 Ti, along with being $300 cheaper, has roughly the exact same uh, gaming performance as the Titan Black. So basically, you're not going to really notice that much of a difference for $300 more. So you guys can mod Skyrim ENB like crazy. Now, could you run those cards in SLI mode, Shank? (laughs) Why, yes, you can, Mr. Olan. You can run them in dual, (laughs) three-way, or four-way SLI, assuming you have the PCIe slots available. And, of course, you have the right drivers as well. I I love every one of you guys. You guys are amazing. And (laughs) we we should be good. I'm going to cut right back over. Okay. Okay. Uh, There may be crashing. (laughs) Flash for the win. Hi guys, Bradford here from Quest Gaming Network, and you're watching my Imperial. 
Yes, I did say that. My Imperial. Walk around Daggerfall. Now, you've recently probably saw that we reported on a rumor about the update to a to the beta server. Well, we are not allowed to we are now allowed to say that this rumor is in fact fact and there is all those things we reported on <laughs> uh, on this server. NPC collision detection, uh, you also have the ability to skip the starter zones, which I'll get into a little bit later. Uh, you also have some changes that have been made to some of the classes and, and so on. Uh, the biggest thing is going to be that player NPC cl collision in my opinion. This is something that they talked about always wanted to put in the game but never got around to doing it basically um well it's the npc is in there now and i i want to go ahead and stress that it's just npc you know you're not as you can see here uh you can go through players still just fine so pvp this isn't going to be as big a deal as as you might think but for pve this is this is pretty big combat feels a lot more visceral and solid as a result uh, I no longer feel as though my attacks are just kind of floating out there. Uh, it definitely makes it a little bit harder in some instances with combat because you can't just dodge through somebody now. You can't just run through them. Uh, you're going to have to be a little, little bit more aware. Uh, I also really haven't played a Dragon Knight, so I apologize if I'm really stinking in this combat. I figured I'd play something new. Normally I stick with Templars, Sorcerers, and Nightblades. Uh, I just figured I'd have to try a Dragon Knight sometime. You'll see here that I think this is the best example that I could find in, in all of the uh, the video I took today. Uh, just how I think the combat has changed. I, I never once felt when I was fighting these on my Templar that they were a solid piece of you know material I was actually hitting. Now I do. Now I felt the need to actually have to roll away. This is another instance where situational awareness really helps. And in the case of attacking multiple enemies at once, um, you're, you're going to have to figure out where you are. Because again, you can no longer just dodge through them. Uh, I wasn't expecting this fight to happen. I, I, I sensed this last little recording that I did that you just saw. I've upgraded my armor and stuff. I'm wearing all the Imperial armor. Because, uh, you know, I'm an Imperial. Uh, but this is a case where I took... I actually just want to stop the video here for a minute and maybe roll it back for a second. Um... What what Bradford is actually fighting right now, and, and unfortunately, if you're listening to the podcast, you're, you're really not going to be able to see this, um, but what he's fighting right now is actually a, a solo version of, of a dark anchor that occurs uh, almost, almost randomly. I don't know if you guys uh, got that, that at all. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me roll it back just a little bit here. Uh, once these guys start spawning, but yeah, that, that whole purple cloud that you saw right up, bam, right there. There you go. That purple cloud that you're seeing, that is a solo version of the dark anchors. The dark anchors in the game have, yeah, have taken definitely not solo. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. huge buff, huge buff to those things. They, in my opinion now feel like what they should be, which is, which is difficult group content. Um, but extremely rewarding. As a result, they added these these little, um, I guess, mini dark anchors, if you will. And I, I, I sort of forget the name of them. But uh, as you can see, you know, they're still very challenging, uh, even for, for a, a one person. But it is tuned to a one-person fight. So it's it's uh, pretty awesome. Dark okay. Fisher. Uh, dark Fisher. There you go. Okay. 
which up until this patch was never even a part of the game, nor was it ever spoken about. All right, we're going to go ahead. Sorry for the slowdown. I'm just dodge through them. Uh, I wasn't expecting this fight to happen. I, I, I since this last little recording that I did that you just saw, uh, I've upgraded my armor and stuff. I'm wearing all the Imperial armor because, uh, you know, I'm an Imperial. Uh, but this is a case where I took out way too many enemies at once, I'm too underleveled, and then they pretty much got around me. And because I wasn't able to dodge, because I wasn't able to get through them, it definitely made for a lot harder of a battle. Now, the other big thing is the fact that you no longer have to do the starter island. Uh, it's completely optional, and I think this is directly involved because of the the feedback from the game. You know, people thought that the tutorial art islands, the starter islands, kind of hand-holding you through, and it kind of disabled the original exploration feel of the Elder Scrolls. Uh, it still would behoove you to go out and do the star these starter islands, just for the mere fact that, you know, there's stuff to be done here. I mean, leveling, first of all, all the experience, the story, uh, plus if you're a completionist, you still have some, some tasks you can do on these islands. Um, it definitely would behoove you, especially the other 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 instance being, you know, if you're new to the MMO genre, uh, it's it's nice to go go out and play. Now, this is another reason why you should still do the starter islands because you'll get these sky shards, and who wants to pass up on the free skill points? So, I can understand not wanting to go back and, and do those islands over and over again with each character. So, uh, keep it tuned here to Quest Gaming Network, guys. We're gonna have many videos coming up in the near future, just showing off more of the game as we get towards, get closer to launch. Take care, and nobody. Great video, Bradford. Thank you very much for, for doing that. And um, I think is a, a great way to start a start, sort of um, start off our, our discussion here on, on the, uh, you know, the new stuff that really fleshed out the game, I think. Um, Dave, I know you sort of feel uh, very uh, one way or the other about a lot of this. What what do you, what do you think? Give me some of your thoughts. After my experience of trying out this patch, I feel that it does a disservice to new players to ESO. Okay, why? Um, what this does is I, I'm not speaking about the shanks out there who just want to roam free. Mm -hmm. that's that's not who i'm talking about i'm not talking about the mmo veteran who can pick up any mmo and immediately knows exactly what to do i'm not talking about that character that player i'm talking about the people who are brand new to uh mmos i'm talking about the care the people who are who may have played skyrim but really aren't the huge elder scroll buff the people who are in the middle the, the 90 percentile. I'm talking about the people who need to learn how to play the game. They are being done a disservice by this patch. Now, I say that because what happens is when you go through uh, Cold Harbor, you go through the Molig Ball intro area. When you get out of there, you're placed directly into the starting city. While that pleases people who didn't want to go through the starting islands... It also doesn't give the option for people who are completely new to the game and don't even know the starting islands exist. It hinders their gameplay. Now, the, I get that that people don't want to do the starting island, islands 95 times over and over and over again every time they make a character. 
while I agree that 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 a change did need to be made, I feel that this swings the pendulum way too far to one side. This is not a reasonable fix for what's going on. Now, a reasonable fix in my mind would have been to start people off on the starting island, but immediately have the option of entering the full world. You're going to have people who need the starting island, who need that, that experience to be able to learn how to play the game and enter with the, the, you know, the capabilities necessary to, to explore the entirety of Tamriel. It's, it's not going to be good for people, you know, six months down the line, a year down the line, who are brand new to MMOs, who are brand new to ESO, who need to learn how to play the game. I feel that it, it, it's not right to... They basically all but removed the starting islands. In fact, I started a new character on, on Aldmeri Dominion, and I couldn't even find where to get to the starting island. I I went out looking for it. I couldn't even find where to go to find it. It has been all but removed for the best of my knowledge. Now, keep in mind, I didn't, I intentionally tried not to teleport to the place. I tried to find it on foot and I couldn't. Hmm. I could not find it. So for those people who were immediately starting the game, this is content that they're, that the, you know, the fresh noob is if you want to call them that the people who know absolutely nothing about the beta previously to this event that, or know absolutely nothing about that. There's a grand likelihood that they're going to completely miss content that they're going to completely miss, you know, the groundwork that they're going to need to be able to play this game for a long time and enjoy it to its fullest. And as for, whether you got the ability to learn how to play the game after hitting the the main area instead of the starting zone, I felt that there were a lot of things that you missed that the starting zone gives you to help you learn about the, the, the machinations of the game, the inner workings of the game, of how to control things. I feel that it the, the starting islands, the starting zones... While I get it, a lot of people don't want to have to go through them. You're basically hindering the people who do need them. Dave, uh, real quick, what do you think about a system where if they basically had uh, an NPC run up to you, once you got out of Cold Harbor and you're in your faction's territory, an NPC runs up to you and says... I don't know. Hey, um, I don't know. Insert whatever you want, but basically says that you know you can you can talk to me and get back to you know that that starter island, or you can stay here. Choice is yours. And insert whatever story elements that make that work. You know. Uh, now here's the thing. There's a quest when you do start your character. There's a quest that says, "Hey, do you want to go to the starting islands?" But that quest is outside of the main city. To the point where it won't even show up on your active quest log mm -hmm. if you're in the main city. It's it basically if you don't know how to control the quest log on your screen, it it pretty much acts like it never happened. 
Right. So having an NPC run up to you? No, it doesn't work. The way to solve this problem is to start you out on the island. Mm -hmm. And for those who know immediately or, or those who have experience in the game or those who want to explore to the point where they can find it should be able to get off the island. Without having to but, complete all the quests, right? Yeah, uh, Lou, what you've been—you've been very quiet and patient over there. Um, what? What? What do you think? What's some of your thoughts and feelings on this? Well, it's—I think right now it's a working compromise for all the different play styles. Mm-hmm. However, as Dave just said, I—I'd I, like to build on that. Yeah, it is—it does do a disservice to those totally new players to the game to the genre in itself. Okay, and they will be out there. And the thing is, if they are thrust into the game like that, all right, who's to say they're going to be turned off by the fact that you know they can't really figure out how to do things, they can't figure out how to find things, or accomplish certain tasks, and so on. And you know, I'm also preparing with the fact that yeah, we have a friendly, friendly to you, you know, group of people out there, friendly community, but you know, there's always going to be those total jerks, okay, who pollute the chat. Of any game, all right, who look down and, and, and you know, deride those or, people who are asking for genuine help. Or Twitter. Or Twitter, yeah, in, in any form, okay? And, you know, we, we need to, <laughs> I guess, help these players, you know, get, get past that, okay? For me, I think they could have used Cold Harbor. If everyone absolutely has to start in Cold Harbor, they should have used that as the tutorial, Okay, there are ways for them to actually tweak that entire encounter to show you the basics of everything you need to do within the game. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, like they could have expanded some some quick. parts where you know, uh, if you wanted to, you know, equip a weapon, well, this is how you use it. You know, right, right. You know, same thing with crafting. You know, oh well, you need. To, well, you know, they, they do. Part- they they do that. They actually well that specific example. They they actually do. They they tell you you know. Here's a weapon, equip it, and, and here's how to equip it. They they do that, but I mean, I know what you're getting at as far as as far as Cold Harbor um, could be. I I felt like I was getting two tutorials. I yeah, felt like it definitely does feel like that. Yeah, it did, and I uh, personally I I agree with with rem- not removing the starter island, which they didn't, but I I do agree with Everything starting you starting you in a way where you can get to your faction's territory as quickly as possible. I do agree with you, Dave, that that the way to do that would have been to put you on the starter island and then have, like, an NPC run up to you and say, you know, you don't have to stick around here. I got a boat and we're ready to go. Oh, okay, great. Thank you. And now I'm where I want to be. I think that probably would have been a much more streamlined way of doing it. Um, But, you know, again, that overall, I will take this... What we have now, I will take this over what it was. Hands down. No question. I'm happy. Um, okay, Shank, and then I want to go on to some of this collision detection stuff. Uh, what say you, Shank? Shank might be uh, muted. I think that's what's happening right now. <laughs> I was muted. There we go. So, first, um, unsurprisingly, what I'm about to say is going to be divisive um that's just if you don't know me by now that's that's my kind of 
Shanks style, mm-hmm. I guess. I think that's <laughs> all of our style. I, I think I think Dave was a bit divisive as well. So <laughs> it's, well, o- it's okay. Um, so okay. This is all my thoughts on this game. Elder Scrolls Online, it's in the name. This is an Elder Scrolls game first, MMO second. This is what I believe. And Zoss has said some things to they haven't come out and said it outright, but you kind of get that feeling from them. Uh, if, I don't know, especially at least from what I've seen, up following them for a year, two years almost now, I guess. This is a game that absolutely must upend MMO norms. It has to. There's not only is there a lot of um, expectation and, and I guess I guess uh, external pressure. I don't know if pressure is the right word on this game and on the team. But this game needs to upend MMO norms. I think pressure is exactly the word. Possibly, yes. Um, I'm not a writer for this network or anything. Anyway, um, so... (laughs) Starting zones are present in almost every MMO. I'm not going to say every MMO, but I'm going to say a lot of them, they are present. Like not, I'm not going to say islands. And for like those these, of you these... out there telling me that, that World of Warcraft does not have a starter zone, you're wrong. You're there wrong. You so you have you're starter wrong. zones, and I'm right. glad you brought up World of Warcraft. Yes, because Elwyn Forest, I know, is not you know a starter zone in quotes, but when you start off at that little abbey, that's the starter area for that. And you're meant to do quests and learn about the game from level 1 to level 10-ish, fighting the Defias and killing all those wolves. Don't tell me different. I was there in 2004 when the servers opened up on Aloon. I know what that is. <laughs> it's a starter area. <laughs> so this is a perfect example. Right. Almost every MMO has a starting area. Okay. Mm-hmm. ESO is doing something different in this game. Okay, by creating this game, and it should diverge from the norm. Okay, simply saying that, yeah, well, other MMOs, you know, have a starting area. ASO should do this. That's completely counter to what Zoss is trying to achieve with this game. Okay, and to be perfectly frank, if you want mandatory starter zones, guess what? There's plenty of other MMOs out there just waiting for you that have starter zones that you have to kind of plot through. Okay. ESO is differentiating itself from the entire pack. And breaking from tradition, this is absolutely necessary for the genre and also for the industry as a whole. This is necessary. Okay, this is necessary. I, I get I don't get really upset on many things. This does get me upset. All right. Having a starter zone, you look at any other Elder Scrolls game, you have this short tutorial. Keyword, it's a short it's short. It's a short tutorial. You're not dumped in this place that holds your hand and is very restricting and is just keeps you from the rest of the content for X hours, X levels until you can actually progress. I'm sorry. That's not what Elder Scrolls is. And this game is and should be an Elder Scrolls game first. Getting rid of the starting area is the best thing that this game can do. No longer will you feel constrained and restricted by the gameplay. You can go wherever you want immediately upon completing the tutorial, just like in every single Elder Scrolls game. If you don't like it, I am sorry. There are plenty of other MMOs that have a starting zone. Have fun, have a ball with those. But not an ESO. Now, I agree with Lou. 
when you say that you can take Cold Harbor, flush it out a bit, and use that as the tutorial. What is wrong with doing that? There's oh, nothing that. wrong with doing that. You look at any other dungeon sequence. I'll take Oblivion as a perfect example. That initial dungeon sequence is actually quite long. It can take you upwards of an hour to get out of it. But guess yeah. what? It teaches you stuff as you start progressing through that. I see no reason why that Cold Harbor sequence cannot be utilized to the same effect. But to do that, getting out of Cold Harbor and then being dumped in this starting island, which by its nature is geographically isolated from the larger world, that is completely a counter to the freedom that Elder Scrolls applies. That's my two cents, and I mean... Again, I get upset at very few things. This is one of them. I'm completely well, against the starting zones. And and all right, so so it, we started off with Dave. All right, who's who's got the perspective and the knowledge of an MMO, who appreciates Elder Scrolls Online for what it is, and we're ending off with Shank, who is a hundred percent an Elder Scrolls purist. We have a broad spectrum here. All right, everyone listening right now fits either on the on on the Dave or the Shank side or in the happy middle somewhere in between. Well, see, I'm I'm fighting for that, but honestly, I think that all of us, well, except for Shank, who's a, a psychopath extremist, um, I feel that <laughs> I all of extremist. us kind of fall in the middle, and and that's really I get it. It's an Elder Scrolls game, but it's also an MMO. It needs to fall somewhere in the reasonable middle. To be able to to have everyone have a good, no, have a great gameplay. Yeah, they need to be able to to fulfill the needs of anyone who comes across. And Shank, I get it. You feel that they're not necessary, but there's going to be people who need those starting areas just to learn how to play the game. Well, then, I, that's my thing. Why can't you flesh out the Cold Harbor sequence? Make that. That's fine. I'm, I have no problem with making that a little bit oh, longer. I agree. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you right now. I 100% agree. I would be okay with them moving the tutorial I, islands and making them some sub-quest way off to the side. That would be kind of neat. But save that content in the game. Flesh out Cold Harbor, and I would be, like, so happy for that to be... You know, the Cold yeah. Harbor tutorial, then you get popped into the main game. For, yes, but yes, yes. That, as it like, stands right now, they don't have that content fleshed out in that way. Yeah, for, for as it stands right now, I, you you if you don't know that the starter island is there, um, you're, you're not, not going to know. You're not going to know and you're not going to find an easy way to get to it. Um, I would I would like to see maybe a couple of extra quests put into into cold harbor and then have it start off the way it is right now um maybe take the sky shards from those starter islands and put them in cold harbor that would be kind of cool that would i think that would be very very cool um or or start off on the starter island and give a person a blatant obvious choice you can stay here or if you choose go off to the to the other area. I feel that would be the easiest fix to please both people. Yeah. Well, except for I guess Shank, he'll never be pleased. No, I but, I, I mean I I think that that pleases both sides. And what do you think, Shank? Do you think something like that would No, I I don't want Starter Island, period. I would much rather have because 
the island, an island is geographically isolated. You don't get that expansive Dude, feeling. Right, but check so what I'm, no what, other game in the Elder Scrolls series has ever had an island? No. Well, we all know about the Shivering Isles. and what, what Shivering I'm, Isles, uh, Dragonborn. I mean, come on. It's, yeah, but, but Dave, the, the, there's a difference. Dragonborn what, is, an, is a total side quest on itself. Shivering Isles is a total side quest. I'm saying when your first entry into the game... I would much rather, like you actually said it right before here, flesh out Cold Harbor, awesome, okay? Of Arwen, put more Sky Shards in Cold Harbor, Harbor, perfect. That gives you more reason to go explore the Cold Harbor, right? Mm -hmm. Not a bad thing. But start you off as soon as you finish that extended Cold Harbor sequence into your whatever alliance main city. And then Dave, you said it perfectly, have that island kind of be a sort of shivering isle sort of thing saying, hey, there's like extra quests here if you want to go. But start them off in the main world with the entire giant world open to them, not on a constricted place, and then give them the option to go around. I would, I would much rather have a fleshed out Cold Harbor main city and then, hey, if you want, there's some cool island stuff over here for you to do. But In a perfect world, that would be how I would like it. As it stands right now, the easiest solution that would please both camps to a reasonable amount would be for you to start on the starter islands and immediately be asked if you want to leave, making it optional. I mean, I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but but there you go. You know, one side, the other side, and then a lot of our listeners either fall there or in between, which is which is uh, which is what we do here. Um, Lou, I mean, a, a, you, again, I'm sorry, man. You've been quiet. Anything else you want to weigh in? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm just expanding my, my previous thought. You know, they need to flesh out Cold Harbor um, because when I first went in there and realized how short it was, um, if you don't take too much time, you can literally just blow through Cold Harbor's stuff in less than 10 minutes. Okay? And then when I actually got to the Starter Island, I, I was kind of disappointed in the fact that, you know, you're really uh, you're not accomplishing anything with either place. Okay. Cold Harbor needs to be expanded and fleshed out. They need to make that the actual tutorial. All right, because there are lots of things to do in Cold Harbor. I mean, when I first went in there and realized, oh my God, I'm in a friggin' Daedric plane of existence. I'm in Cold Harbor. And again, what did I just say? I was gone out of it in less than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the planes I've been wanting to see for how long playing the Tez games, and yet, you know, they gave it a cursory glance for getting you in, you know, onto that Star Island. Okay, when you look at the way it's done now, there are plenty, plenty of things they can do in there to teach players how to play the game. Plenty of side quests they get in and they say, oh, you know what, we need to get this done, you know, we need to build something really quick. Okay, boom, here's a crafting tutorial. All right? Same thing with the, with the fighting tutorial, all right? The cursory, you know, press left to attack, press right to block... You get that in less than 30 seconds, and that's your fighting tutorial, by the way. Hmm. All right? So to me, that was – sorry, that's piss poor because that doesn't teach you, doesn't teach you nuances of fighting. It teaches you how to attack, how to defend yourself. Okay? It doesn't teach you how to maneuver or how to avoid things, stuff like that. They need to put that in the game. All right? Because as it stands now, you're going to get those players that Dave's talking about, and they're going to get totally destroyed – by the NPCs well, in the game. I, I do want to say they, they did 
reevaluate the level system of the NPCs around the starting towns, the starting yeah. cities. Yeah. They're much they've been mm-hmm. they've been recalculated to be where you would normally be, level three ish, after you get out of Cold Harbor. So reasonably you can play, you know, as it is right now, where you get dropped right into the middle of the main city and you can walk out and there isn't that level fifteen badass standing outside the city ready to kill you. It, it's 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 been balanced to where it needs to be for the, for this style of uh, progression. Right. Well, then that's a good thing because then now take those Star Islands. You know what? Move that entire thing. Make it off. Put it, get rid of the island. Keep that zone if you must. But now connect it to the mainland itself, or connect it to the other areas of Tamriel. Okay. Just make it another geographical location that you can find on the map. Yeah. You know, and the road signs that we see in Skyrim saying, you know, Markarth is this way, Rift, Rifton is that way, things like that. I would favor that too, Lou. Okay, and you would have, again, like a little note, I mean, we all have a journal, we've all seen it, right? The little book you open up and you're looking in the character world. Mm-hmm. You could have a permanent notation there saying, hey, you know, in-game player, you know, if you ever want to go back, because you're here, because you're here now, but if you want to go back, experience the content that we have here. You know, there are some people back there that need help, but, you know, you don't have to. You don't want to. Again, they're giving you a choice. You can go off, you know, in the main world, or you can go to the small starter area, or small area that just needs help and will show you additional stuff in the game that you may want to brush up on. You know, they can give you hints like, oh, if you really want to work on some more crafting or work on your fighting skills more, you know, there's a, a, a trainer here that can help you. That's just, you know, he or she is just, they're just perfect for, for teaching new players or new, teaching new fighters, new New wizards, you know, new dragon knights, okay? Yeah, or you have, love, you know, yeah, you have maestro. What's that? I would love ex- more explanation on that where they, they treat you like the class you are. Right. I mean, you know, little things like that where you say, you know what, if you're a dragon knight, hey, there's a, a, a dragon knight uh, instructor that will show you tips and tricks for your trade that you're not going to get right away. You know, give you incentive to go there. But again, you don't have to if you don't want to. You can go do a shank and just parkour everywhere. <laughs> but if you want to be a nice guy and help out people in that little area, you know, not be a jerk, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, plus the incentive there. Like, there's mysterious things to find there, like the sky shards. You know, last I counted, there were six of them on the Starter Island. So that's two free skill oh. points you're passing up if you bypass the Starter Island, by the way. Yeah, I think the Aldmeri Dominion Island has six on the Starter Island, and I'm pretty sure the other two have three. On each of the starter islands, I may be wrong, but it was—that's what I saw. I was confused at it. Yeah, I have to double check. Yeah, because I've only because uh, I started uh, this little—I think the achievement page in the journal where you can actually track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sky shards. So I haven't really done it yet. My other two characters yet on the other factions, but yeah, I've been using a lot of my main character. Um, anything? Sorry, sky anything on, uh, on anything on the collision detection at all? Do you guys want to? And what are some of your your basic thoughts on on that? Because that that's a pretty that's a pretty big thing, especially for for PVE players. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Shank. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great thing. I mean, I I saw Bradford's video. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm actually shocked that I missed that whole Dark Fissures thing of Arwen. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> um, but I, I I must have seen his video like at least like three times, and I was paying attention to like the combat he was doing. Um, and Bradford was playing it all in third person. Um, 
so I'm curious. And it, 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 from that perspective, it actually it looked a lot more. I, I hate using this word because I think it's so overused, but it visceral and like more direct and physical um, rather than uh, I guess the the endearingly floaty combat that's generally in the Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it looked. I mean, they they described the combat from the beginning and have marketed it as it's active combat. You know. This put that active in that combat, and I, I'm very curious to see how it fares in, in my first-person perspective. But I'm happy about it. it. It's a great, it's a great thing. It's just, I, I love it. It just makes it feel a little bit more real, you know. Yeah, it feels good. You know, when you you get done with a with a with a hard-won fight, um, and you know, you as a gamer sitting in a in a chair with a mouse and keyboard. You know, when you when you can say that while you were fighting that you you felt your weapon hit your enemy, oh man, that's that's a that's a great feeling. Um also on the Dark Fishers, I like the addition of the Dark Fishers because now more than ever it feels like Tamriel is being assaulted by the plane of oblivion, by Molag Ball. Um no longer is it where, you know, you walk around and you pass these dolems that haven't be these big stone areas that haven't been activated yet only then do you feel like um tamriel is being invaded by by uh oblivion uh, but is now it random as far as i can tell they they uh they are although they probably do spawn in in specific locations but um, okay it, God, it feels I love riff. fishers fishers right? they're not riffs fishers. they're fishers fishers <laughs> Uh, so, so then Lou, uh, collision detection. Oh, I'm, I'm glad they have it. Um, I mean, I'm glad they have it to a point to where, uh, probably, you know, Dave and Shane probably explain this better that it won't clog up the servers, you know, with all those unnecessary, those necessary calculations, uh, you know, for the count to do, you know, to account for all those players, all the NPCs, got all the effects and everything else. Mm. But I'm glad they have it in the game, uh, at least for PVE side. All right. Cause I think that's very, that's key. Yeah, they were saying PvP side, the reason why they didn't include it was because that they wanted to have more people on screen versus having less people on screen and just the 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 uh, collision detection there because the uh, technology would kind of get muddled oh down. Oh my god, dude, I don't care. Yeah, you could have a 780 Ti, it would that's a lot of GPG. Yeah, that's yeah, no. That that would, <laughs> don't do would that. Kill. It would choke the server. Everyone would be like, oh, my God, why am I moving at two? It's like one frame per second. I swung two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> my sword is now here. <laughs> well, you know, so, yeah, yeah I guess it's a, it's a good compromise. Um, but, man, could you imagine if they had player collision PvP? Having, you know, tank characters or, you know, heavy armor-wearing characters block oh, vital sure. choke points. I'm sure. It'd you know, be, people it'd... like Shank with a bow just firing overhead or you know <laughs> Dave on a sources just laying death from afar going yeah eventually it, yeah. <laughs> eventually we'll get there eventually we'll get there it may not be for another 10 years but we may get there uh Dave collection de- collision detection real quick um when I throw a fireball at something I'm really not worried about whether or not it's solid okay so, so this is kind of um, like a passive thing for you yeah in all honesty I can imagine ways that this could be exploited. That's like my first thought when I hear collision detection. Like, oh, I bet I could have that dude, you know, get snug on the, some wall and, and stuck there. 
that's my first thought <laughs> in all honesty. Mm-hmm. And I get why they want it in the game, but I can easily see it being exploited. Okay, but it's not a PvP thing. It's only PvE thing. Right, I'm talking about PvE. Okay, so you're you're looking to... Well, we're really specifically talking about the collision detection between you and the enemy mobs. Um, a collision detection always existed between enemy mobs and the wall. So if you wanted to get the enemy uh, stuck in a wall, we could have. Yay, clipping. Mm. You know, I mean that that wouldn't have been an issue. It's it's really. I think what they were talking about when they when they even brought it up, they said that the the reason they didn't immediately bring it into the game was because they found that uh, players and NPCs were getting stuck in doorways because of the added collision detection. That's what I mean. Like, is the collision only going to be between player and? enemies i don't i don't know i haven't had a chance to even play with that that's what they've been talking about is is that these enemies now um like in bradford's video you know you saw a bunch of enemies sort of like surround him you know there's no rolling through those enemies in order to get out of that that i'm surrounded um and now attacks will i'll be will have uh, an advantage over me for for a number of reasons there's no rolling through these enemies in order to gain an advantage on them. You're going to have to back up and, and know your surroundings so you don't back off a cliff or into a, you know, into a, a flaming pylon of something and uh, figure out where you're going to go and fight these enemies and gain a strategic advantage. And that's what I like about this. I think collision detection regarding the, the mobs and my character I felt myself thinking about how I'm going to attack these pe- these things in a much more strategic way. I'm I'm increasing my situational awareness. I'm remembering my tactics. I'm looking around. I'm aware. I'm far more aware because I know that, hey, I can't just back up blindly forever because I'm either going to walk into you know another enemy or walk up against a wall, and then I'm not going to be able to move past these guys if I'm butted up against a wall. I have a question for you, Varwin. Mm-hmm. Did you did you um, try this out in third person or first person? Both. How did it feel in first person? Like, did it uh, did it did did you feel the difference from your previous uh, combat? Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it did from third person to the first person. I didn't feel a difference. It felt like you know, there's there's something in front okay. of me, and I'm okay. trying to attack That's it. That's good. But um, it definitely has added a lot to to my gameplay. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 All right. Um, great discussion, guys. Uh, moving right along, we've got the music of ESO, Jeremy Soul, and Maluka yes. in iTunes. But first, we just want to remind you guys that this show is brought to you by Audible.com and that you can download your free book today at audibletrial.com slash Network. You'll receive a special 30-day free trial, but only when you go to that link, audibletrial.com slash Network. We would like to recommend... Infernal City by Greg Keyes and its successor, Lord of Souls by Greg Keyes. These are Elder Scrolls novels. They take place uh, 40 years after the uh, the Oblivion Crisis. Um, there are many, many, many books, obviously, available through Audible.com. I love it. It's a fantastic service. I always make sure I get my free book each month that uh that i have it and and oddly enough i actually use it for a bunch of star wars star wars books i'm trying to catch up on my star wars lore good man 
Next is uh, I want to. I'm looking at the uh, Thrawn series. I heard it was amazing. So uh, I want Air of the Empire. Yeah, I want to check that out. Air of the Empire. Uh, and I will be checking it out at audibletrial.com slash network, where you can sign up for your 30-day free trial. And thank you very much, guys, for sponsoring our show in part today. Um, Shank, you're a writer for Quest Gaming Network. Yes, I am. So is Brian Armstrong. No, he's not. He is. Not really. He's He more of just copies and pastes. We don't really even listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Shank, because you're a writer and Brian's a writer, and he wrote what I have here, why don't you uh, be uh, a great uh, a great guy and uh, and help Brian uh, sure. share his thoughts? Absolutely. Uh, first, uh, Brian, uh, good luck. I know you're going to be recovering uh, in the next couple of days, so uh, best wishes to you, my friend. Um, this is something very near and dear to my heart, and when I read this, it was it really made my heart sore. So basically, this is uh, we're talking about the music of Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, Jeremy Soule and uh, Maluka and iTunes, and I think I'm fair in saying all four of us at some point in time have actually met with and hung out with Maluka, um, which is awesome because <laughs> she's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, basically, uh, what happened was uh, Zoss released a new creating ESO on uh, Thursday. That's today, if you're listening to this live, um, on February 26th. Uh, this time, it's about the music of ESO. And, you know, right now, for the first time, we know that the soundtrack will be made available for purchase on iTunes, meaning you can totally digitally buy it and carry it around with you everywhere, which makes me really happy. I, I, did, I love this. Um and as important as any other piece of the game, Elder Scrolls soundtracks have become beloved by gamers around the world. Beginning with the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, Jeremy Soule has been composing music for the series since 2002, and he has indeed returned for the Elder Scrolls Online. Mm. Uh, his role is slightly different than it has been for the three previous Elder Scrolls games. As Zoss said, he primarily worked on the title theme and the music for those cinematics, so those epic cinematics that you see i does and i'm not sure if this is talking about those amazing like cg videos i hope it is because oh my god <laughs> the in-game uh music was scored and composed by brad derrick and rick schaefer and both of these gentlemen have experience with mmos and games that require the music to change depending on any number of in-game variables um i'm like you know exploring versus going into combat additionally this is the exciting cool part Internet sensation Maluka was also revealed to be part of the soundtrack, having composed and performed several pieces for the game. And uh, be sure to read our full interview with her uh, from our very own news director, Mr. Joseph Bradford. This is going to be found at uh, elderscrollsofftherecord.com. There are a number of other vocalists and performers in the game, including an orchestra, a choir, soloists, and more. Uh, The post also revealed for the first time that the soundtrack uh, will be available for purchase in iTunes, and more uh, information regarding this will be announced as we get closer to launch. Now, if you want to read the entire post put out by Zoss, uh, feel free to head over to the Elder Scrolls Online website. That's just elderscrollsonline.com. And guys, can I just say, this makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Because now that the NDA is lifted, can I say that I have perhaps witnessed and listened to the uh, sumptuous cadence of Maluka's voice um, throughout my exploration and adventuring. Is it not amazing? 
It is amazing. You go inside of an inn, and Maluka is playing on her lute at the inn. You, you, you want you remember, Mark, dude? Me and you did this. We sat at a table, uh-huh. listening to Maluka. Yeah. As and that's when I told you, you know what? I'm going to pre-order the game, and that's when I pre-ordered it. I was sitting at a tavern, just chilling, listening to Maluka. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, it was it was probably one of the best moments that that I've actually had in this game was, and it was just so simple. You know, all all we did was we we were we were adventuring around Oradon, and you know we walked inside the inn, and and there it was. It was like holy crap, that's that's Maluka singing right now. That's her her playing the guitar. And, uh, you know, we just hit, you know, forward slash sit chair, chair pops out, you sit down and, and that was it. We were just hanging out, you know, on Skype, talking, listening to Maluka sing and just enjoying feeling as if we were enjoying the experience. Two Elder Scrolls fans were having, feeling like they ha- they are actually in Tamriel in a way they've never been before. For the first time, it was mm-hmm. it was unbelievably epic. Just sitting down, listening to Maluka, and hanging out with a friend in a tavern in Tamriel. That's what it's all about, man. That is what it's all about. Uh, Dave, Lou, anything? Oh, what can I say about the music? It's to me, it's it, it's part and parcel with the Elder Scrolls games. Mm. Um, the soundtrack that Jeremy Soule has produced over the years, you know, not just for this game, but any of the games he's worked on, is just so distinctive, and it just brings that extra bit of life, you know, that you enjoy. Yeah, you know, and his his songs, his classic songs, are in the game only in a slightly remixed oh. version, and they're actually better. Oh. Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, probably, gosh, way back then they probably had these different formats to re, you know to make these sound these sound files, and now, you know, now that he's got an actual, I guess, uh, a studio that's willing to back him, saying, "All right, all right, Jeremy, you know, you've got uh, you've got access to a full, God, full like sixty, seventy, eighty piece orchestra. Go crazy, <laughs> you know, you, you you've got this, you know, world class sound studio to do the soundtrack in." And, you know, and when you look at it, it's like, damn, <laughs> look what he's done. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and to give him the chance, you know, I really wish they would remake, like all, like you just said, uh, the older version, the older songs. I really wish they would, you know, do them again. But now you've got it, you know, in this guy, in 2014's, you know, audio formats. You know, not only do you have, like, you know, Shanks' virtual, you know, visual Eyegasm. You can have an eargasm too with his soundtrack. <laughs> you know, pump it through your ears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I want to remind you out there that it's not um, that they do have multiple singers in those taverns. It's not just Maluka. It's not like you go to, you know, um, a tavern and and all the taverns in Tamriel are just filled with Maluka and her her singing. And no, it's it's not that that she she is she is in those taverns. She's other places too, but so are a whole bunch of other of other bars as well. Uh, Dave, we'll we'll end this on you as well. Spoiler alert: Maluka's the final boss. What's up, Broken <laughs> DA? Oh, I'm done. 
that's yeah, right. But she's not the boss. Luca, but... Once you DPS her down, then Thor comes out, and that's the real boss. You got to fight her. Now. <laughs> She just rides Thor around, defeating everyone. It's crazy. Fire yeah, breathing right. Maluka. She hops on Thor. <laughs> She's like Bahamut from Final Fantasy. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Go know, ahead, we gotta love Maluka. She's actually been on the show, and and she was great. And but it, it's so awesome have seeing her be able to do this. This is so cool. Uh, we're jealous, and we hate you. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> John is still plugging away at those at those beta keys. <laughs> have we, we have, have we got started moving into the negative direction? Or are we still yeah, gaining I, more keys than we're giving away? We haven't we haven't received any more beta keys um, for a while. So John is is plugging away. We're up to uh, he's giving away the thirty fourth key out of fifty six. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just from us mentioning that, you're going to get another influx. <laughs> I, I, God bless him. He he does so much work for us here at, at QGN, and he he really, I mean, he really is just a titan. <laughs> Thank you so much. A John. GTX titan. He's he's or a is GTX titan black. He's a titan black. <laughs> That's what he is. Just just amazing. Thank you so much, John. He puts up with so much from us. <laughs> All right, well, we've got your dev question of the week, uh, which is, um, well, hold on. Yeah, see, Flash broke for for uh, for my Internet Explorer, which has been happening oh. a lot lately. Stupid Google Docs, man. It totally screws everything up sometimes. Do we need to vamp? No, no, we're, we're good. I'm just, I'm getting, <laughs> do we need to vamp? Is vamping on the list? <laughs> it's always on the list now. Yeah. It's a standby. You never know what's going to happen when it uh, when it comes to this Things show. Things just keep getting better. <laughs> <laughs> well, here here you go, guys. Uh, this is this is it. Your question of the week. Your quatwa. Quatwa. Hi, my name is Peter Mitchell. I'm a customer support live team analyst with the Elder Scrolls Online, and I'm here with your question of the week. Lyrical, exciting, often inspiring, the music has always been a part of our adventures through Tamriel. In one of our recent online betas, when did you first stop and take notice of the music? When did you take notice of the music? Hmm. Lou. Wow. Really, I think the moment I actually escaped from Cold Harbor, you know, and just after that initial conversation I had with, with the prophet, and then when I start, first started walking around and realizing, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's... I guess you know that 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 style of music. You know, it's it's Jeremy Soule's composition. You know, that's his style of, uh, of writing. Okay, so putting the music together and realizing just how much it made me appreciate. You know what I was seeing. You know, mm. no matter what star island I was in, whether it was the American Dominion, 
you know, having our pact to have a covenant, the music fit so well. I felt like I could be in no other place, but you know, I was in no other place but you know, Bleak Rock Reach. You know, I know for a fact. You know, this is Canarthi's roost. You know, this this music fits the area. It makes you you know appreciate the area even more. So yeah, right off that, I guess right. I started noticing right off when I got off the got off the uh, started island right away. Uh, Dave, what about you? I plead the fifth. Dave doesn't listen to music when he plays games. <laughs> yeah, he 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 shuts it off. So <laughs> I'm um, like, I heard this and I re- immediately cringed because like the first <laughs> thing I do when I start a video game is I get blasted by the intro music and then I'm like, wow, that's horrific. And then I just pull it all the way down and turn it off because I cannot stand music in video games. Okay. And in Final Fantasy VII? Especially Final Fantasy VII. Wow. Um, all right, so you, then Dave the has no The only game with good music <laughs> was Silent Hill 3. That was an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, it was, but amazing in a different (laughs) way. I mean, that was amazing in like, holy god, creepy amazing. And I think we just got into the beta key. (laughs) 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 We did. Oh, thank you very much. Awesome. Sorry, um, sorry, John. (laughs) Shank, what about you? Um, this is a story that I told, I guess, earlier, but. It really, really like was it, it was such a like personal moment for me when I, I wasn't I was still getting my, you know, feeling out the game, you know, after being away from the beta for a month. This is when I decided to give the game a second shot. And I was just exploring looting barrels and then I hear Watchman's ease mm-hmm. just, you know, side through my headphones and I just I literally just stopped what I was doing and I just listened and I had a huge grin on my face and man I I just was like overwhelmed with like memories and gameplay memories from Oblivion and at that moment I was in first person looting barrels checking with those out listening to the music from Oblivion and I was just like my god I mean that's when it really like drove home for me like this is just magical it really like that is it's such a cliched use but like it really felt magical and like real to me at that point and it was it's it's amazing it it all came together i i I gotta say like there was a beta test going on in the beginning of the year when they start when they uploaded a lot of that music that had finally been finished and um you know watchman's ease is a beautiful song and uh, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to try and actually get it up on the stream for you. Uh, Watchman's Ease is a gorgeous song and it appears in the Oblivion soundtrack. It's not even in the Skyrim soundtrack. Mm-mm. It's not in any soundtrack other than Oblivion. It's an Oblivion song. So to have it in um, Elder Scrolls Online, but in like a mixed version of it was was just it, it's it's great. And it's not the only one either. Here we go right here. beautiful (laughs) 
and to to play Oblivion and to listen to this song as you're running around in Oblivion doing whatever you're doing maybe you're picking flowers maybe you're maybe you're discovering a brand new location that you've never seen before maybe the sun's coming up or the two moons are over your head and this song plays along with the the ambient sound of just you know uh just flora and fauna swaying in the breeze uh bugs zipping over your head and just just being in the wilderness and you have this you connect to it especially after you played oblivion for a long time you connect to this song and it starts to mean something to you and then you hear it years later in elder scrolls online revitalized brand new and you can't help but just say to yourself god damn they nailed it they nailed it it's not just an mmo anymore it's an Elder Scrolls game. You, you know, one of the cool ways that I kind of rationalized why there were there were songs that over that were overlapping between ESO and the single player games. And let me know if I'm if if, if this makes sense. ESO takes place a thousand years before Skyrim, right? We we've known this. Mm-hmm. No, but this is this is a world that is rich in culture rich in different people that has its very own steep history. And that culture not only extends to, you know, like histories of the races, but also extends to, you know, their society and music is a part of that society. So what, like, why couldn't these songs that we're hearing in Elder Scrolls Online, what if they were like sort of the original versions of that song and they have been sort of passed down through the years and like morphed and added and changed a little bit to adjust with the times until you're presented with that song time in the timeline in oblivion again you know 800 years later and you get this it's the same song from 800 years before from the events of elder scrolls online but it's changed and it's morphed with the time i think there's like sort of a beautiful continuity to that and i, I love that Kind of like uh, that song Mad World. How it was made in like the 70s and then remade and then remade and then remade. Yeah. Yeah. And like people 400 years from now are still going to be listening to that one song and maybe two of Kesha's songs because she's the greatest artist to ever live. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, <laughs> I'm not too sure about, about Kesha. Being great at anything other than doling out STDs to the masses. <laughs> oh, but, low blow. Look, Just like Kesha. Is it really? I mean, she sort of allies herself with that that kind of thinking. I mean, is that a low blow? Uh, yeah, but she's, she's actually <laughs> smart. I, that's what I've heard. But, you know, you can be intelligent and diseased at the same time. So Derailed. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I'm sure she's a wonderfully talented human being who goes to church every Sunday. Uh, TweakedAudio.com <laughs> sponsors our show in part today. And uh, thank you to the folks over at TweakedAudio.com. Um, we, we just adore them for, for their product because it is a fantastic product. 
what do they do? They create they create earbuds and not just any old earbuds, awesome earbuds, highly durable and uh, fantastic quality. Um, my favorite are the ones that come with an inline microphone. However, they do have ones that are that are um, actually uh, they did have ones that were uh, for uh, less expensive that did not have an inline microphone, but now that th- that has changed. The uh, the PB line, PB green and yellow, uh, for $19.95 on their site, now comes with an inline microphone. And that is, that is wonderful news because for a very low-cost, extremely high-quality earbuds, you're also getting the ease of having an inline microphone, which is great if you're if you're on the road and you get a phone call and you're listening to uh, you're listening to music or you want to make a phone call and and, and remain uh, safe and hands hands free off your off your cellular device and hands on your steering wheel. For 19.95, you're going to get a fantastic pair of highly durable, great sounding, high quality uh, earbuds that are going to last you for a long time. And uh, they have an inline microphone on there. It's a great price for a great product. On top of that, you're really investing in in Tweaked Audio because they've got great customer service. And if anything ever goes wrong, well, guess what? You give them a call, say, "Hey, you know what? My my earbuds, something happened," and they say, "No problem, man. We'll we'll send you a new pair for free." That happens at Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com. Free worldwide shipping and thirty percent off. So 19.95 on their site. Well, you go ahead and you take 30% off, and you let them know you you heard it from us here at at Quest Gaming Network at Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Use our code Off the Record, all one word. Drops that price down from uh, 19.95 minus 30% off. And again, you get that free worldwide shipping. Doesn't matter where you live in the world, they'll ship it to you for free over at TweakedAudio.com. Thank you very much, guys, for sponsoring our show. On t- we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got something for you, and you're going to love it, and here it is. Library Bookstore, this is Scott. How may I help you? Yes, you have an Elder Scroll. Hello, and what can I do for you? To- you have an Elder Scroll. An Elder Scroll? Yes. I'd very much like to have those scrolls. Oh my! <laughs> that uh, that can mean only one thing: that it's uh, it's time for the Elder Scroll. Lou, the lore master Olan. Uh, now, Lou, do you prefer that, or do you prefer the old Elder Scroll bumper? I, I don't mind either one, actually. Mm. They both made me laugh, so... Hold on. It's Lewis Olan. Here he comes. A fragment of time. A piece of creation. A record of history. History itself. The Elder Scroll. The lore master of Quest Gaming Network unfurls his scroll and disseminates the knowledge upon them to you.
and then I go blind. Oh, damn it. No way out. <laughs> Take it away, Lou. <laughs> you guys, sir. And today, we're going to cover some more mythical weapons of Tamriel. A list of other famous artifacts slash weapons of lore. So, the Bow of Shadows. Bow Shadows is a Daedric artifact that, according to legend, was forged by the Daedric Prince Nocturnal. Shanks probably found it by now. The legendary Ranger, Querilus Gill, was granted the bow for a secret mission that failed. The bow was lost. The Rarelis is said to have used it to take scores of his foes down with him. The bow is said to grant the user invisibility and increase speed. Many sightings have been reported. It is said that the second era Dunmer assassin, Dram, once wielded it. Dram likely used the bow during the Battle of Hunding Bay, when he shot Prince Ator with a poisoned arrow that eventually killed him. Dram also made use of the bow during the rebellion of Stros Mackay, led by the Restless League, most notably in battle against Cirrus the Red Guard. Near the end of the Third Era, the bow came into the possession of a necromancer named Gorus the Maggot King. In year 427 of the Third Era, the Nervarine killed Gorus and his accomplice Lubin in the Venom Ancestral Tomb, a tomb in the Grazelands of Vardenfell which Gorus used as a lair. The Nervarine then retrieved the bow. Later that year, the bow was sold to Taros Aram and put on display in her Museum of Artifacts in Mournhold. The second item, the Necromancer's Amulet, or also known as the Necromancer Amulet, is a legendary artifact created by Man and Marco. In appearance, it is an exquisite amulet, often with a skull emblazoned on it. It grants the wearer magic protection equivalent to plate armor, as well as the ability to regenerate from injury. Resist mundane weapons and absorb magicka. The wearer also becomes wise beyond his years and far more capable in the school of conjuration. This comes at a price, as the amulet can drain the wearer's strength, endurance, health, and stamina. The artifact is popular among both thieves and mages. The amulet is unstable in this world and is forever doomed to fade in and out of existence, reappearing at locations distant from that of its disappearance. The amulet was uncovered by the Eternal Champion during the Imperial Simulacrum in either High Rock or the Sumset Isles. In the events leading up to the warp in the west, the amulet was recovered from an ancient lich by a knightly order in the Ilhic Bay area. The amulet later fell into the hands of the Underking, who promised it as a reward for any who would return the totem of Tiber Septim to him. Due to the warp in the west, the fate of the amulet is unknown, although it may have been given to an unknown agent of the Blades. In year 427 of the Third Era, the amulet had come to be owned by Archmage Jabonius Arturius of the Varnfell branch of the Mage's Guild. It was later claimed by the Nervarine, although the circumstance as to how Arturius lost it are contradictory, ranging from the death of all Tilvani counselors to the Nervarine dueling for the title of Archmage. By year 433 in the Third Era, the amulet had been transported to the Arcane University in the Imperial City for safekeeping. With the return of Man of Marco after his ascent to godhood, Karanya, the Council of Mages, turned traitor and took the amulet and his supporters to the abandoned Fort Antis, where she intended to return the amulet to his creator, making Man of Marco nigh unstoppable. The champion Cyrodiil uncovered Karanya's treachery and killed her, returning the amulet to Archmage Hannibal Traven. By year 201 in the Fourth Era, long after the installation of the Mages' Guild, 
and it had been discovered and lost again by Callisto Corium of Winhelm after he'd been driven to madness at the death of his sister Lucilla. Attempting to bring her back to life, Calixto turned to necromancy and intended to use the amulet in his experiments. The amulet was found by the Dragonborn, who was investigating a string of murders in the city, attributed to a serial killer called the Butcher. The Butcher was none other than Calixto, who was eventually discovered and brought to justice. The Brush of True Paint The Brush of True Paint is an Adric artifact, supposedly created by Tabella. It is said that the bristles of the brush were woven from Tabella's own hair. It was gifted to a devout follower of the goddess, a Dunmer artist who served in the Arnesian War of the Third Era, year 396. An errant fireball exploded next to him, and he lost the use of both arms. He was a stubborn man and prayed to Tabella for a way to continue his trade. The brush allows the wielder to enter a painting canvas and paint things life-sized simply by imagining. When the Dunmer artist died, he left the brush to his son, who went on to become the famous Rid Thandis of Chadenhall. Rid specializes in painting the Great Forest of Cyrodiil. These paintings are famous all across Tamriel for their realism, and some say that one can see the trees sway in the breeze. In year 433, the third era, a Bosmer or Altmer thief, reports Barry, learned of the brush, the source of Rith's fame. In an attempt to steal the artifact, the thief broke into Rath's house, knocked him unconscious, and leapt into the unfinished painting he was working on. The thief then created painted trolls to act as guardians, but the beasts turned on the creator and killed him. Rith followed the thief into a painting and became stuck there, unable to create a portal back without the brush. His wife, Tavella, who was unaware of the brush true paint, put out a request to help find him. After several days, the champion Cyrodiil responded to the rumors and entered the painted world. The champion met with Rith and fought through the painted trolls to the corpse of the thief. With the brush retrieved, the two were able to exit, exit the painted world. A special edition of the Black Horse Courier, titled Greatest Painter, Safe, was published following the incident. Now, the fact collected from the painted trolls proved to be very valuable in alchemy, and Rith, being the only provider of this rare ingredient, began to exploit this. One known patron of his was Elgrim, an alchemist living in Riften in year 201 of the Fourth Era. The Dream World Amulet The Dream World Amulet is a dangerous magical device created by Hinantir of the Mages Guild in year 433 of the Third Era. This device allows the wearer to enter their own mind and control their dreams. Hinantir designed the amulet with the intent of bettering himself by using his dreams as a personal training ground. However, Hinantir became trapped in his dreams and was unable to wake up. Kut E, the chapter head of Bravo and a good friend of Hinantir's, was the only one who knew his ensnarement. Hinantir would be summarily dismissed from the Mage's Guild if word got out about his performing of an unsanctioned dangerous experiment, and Kut E could not enter his dreams herself as she would be dismissed as a figment of Hinantir's memories. Instead, Kut E put out word that Hinantir was missing. And on the third day of his entrapment, a stranger approached Kuti about the reward. Confident in the stranger, who agreed to help, they used a secret method to remove the amulet from Hinantir's neck. Kuti gave it to the stranger to be used as a conduit into his dreams, although the range was limited, requiring him to sleep in the same room. 
The stranger entered Hantir's dream world and discovered the mage bewildered and confused. Hantir had lost the elements of patience, courage, resolve, and perception. To recover them, the stranger had to complete the four tests Hantir had devised. Once all four were returned to Hantir, he realized his situation and woke up. Hantir's dream world consisted of six interlinked areas. The nexus of the dream world was a contorted version of Hantir's house in Bravo, with doors leading to the four tests. The test of patience was a collection of dark alien-style plateaus covered in pressure plates which would trigger dart traps. To navigate the area, one needed to analyze a mysterious scroll and figure out the pattern of safe pressure plates. The test of courage was a deep-flooded cave network, which one had to quickly swim to the bottom of to avoid drowning. At the bottom of the caves was a door leading to an outdoor abandoned fort which contained the element. The test of resolve was a hellish arena. One is given time to choose one's equipment before facing two minotaurs in combat. Once the minotaurs were defeated, one would ascend a rising staircase to a viewing platform where the element was held by a bone-like claw. The test of perception consisted of a patchwork path floating in a void. One was given a torch with which to light the way, avoiding the many traps. With the death of the dreamer, all those who share the dream die as well, making the amulet very dangerous and unlikely to see further use. And this takes care of part two of Mythic Weapons Tamriel. Tune in next week as we continue our look into more weapons and artifacts of Tamriel. Part three, and I'd like to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for, again, having and hosting all that wonderful information that Bethesda's put out through the years. Folks, again, if you love the lore as much as I do, visit those sites. Read up on anything and everything about this great game we're all enjoying. Also, uh, this week in Tamrielic Holidays, which is actually today, Preservance Day. Sun's dawn the 27th. Preservance Day is quite a party in Ikalan. It was originally held as a solemn memorial to those killed in battle while resisting the Camorin Usurper, but has since become a boisterous festival. Alright, well. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. That means it's email time, my friends. <laughs> I hate that song, right? Which one, Dave? This one? I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Yeah, that picture I sent you to your phone, that means so much more right now. Your hands only. Deliver. Your hands only. (laughs) I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Okay, seriously, I quit. (laughs) Your hands only. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. This is going to make a, a, a song parody about it. You think so? Maybe Kesha can do it. Maybe oh God. Maybe maybe Kesha... Uh, whatever. For those who don't know, Liz is Kesha. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just horrible. That's kind of mean. Like that's, I did not mean that, Liz. I'm sorry. I wouldn't, mean, I, I, I wouldn't wish Kesha on Liz at all. Not, not one bit. Since we're playing with bumpers... In their tongue, he's no fucking. <laughs> not even in that section. <laughs> it's, we're not even. We did that. <laughs> in their 
tongue is over clean. Dragonborn. I don't know. It's all breaking down. Dave, get the first email first, please. <laughs> well, now I can't because you played the wrong bumper. Damn it. Hold on. Wait a second. I got to fix that. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. You're okay, now I can do it. Now you can do it. There you go. Now I can do it. This, this comes from Zach. It says, hello, ES OTR crew. Hello, Zach. Just have to get something off my chest. I wholeheartedly disagree with the way Zoss is handling optional starting zones. Whether or not you enjoyed the starting zones, it sets such a bad precedent to just write off so much of your game's content before it even launches. Even though some players found the starting areas to be underwhelming, they served an important purpose. They told a story that introduced players to the nature of the Alliance. They would be spending 50 hours with and gave them a place however small to freely explore without the fear of being overwhelmed by mobs from a storytelling standpoint this helps set the tone from a gameplay standpoint this helps keep new players from becoming frustrated with the game to simply write the starting zones off makes the starting experience uh negates all of that Players are essentially starting a book as well as playing in an area they are less equipped to deal with. At the very least, Zoss should place players in the starting zone and then give the option to skip if they really wanted to. For Zoss to just dismiss the starting zones just shows a lack of, lack of faith in their own product. They have been great about adapting to player feedback, but sometimes it is better to stick to your guns and make the game you set out to make in the first place. Thanks for letting me rant. See you guys in game, Zach. Well, I think we we lent our loaned our opinions earlier uh, in the show about this. Um, you know, I, I'd hate to to rehash it, um, but you know, the fact is is that uh, this does. This does seem to be a, a discussion during in the community, and and hopefully, um, Zoss uh, at some point, you know, takes a uh, listens and and tweaks things around a little bit, so so uh, it'll make people happier. Uh, Shank, the uh, the next email, please. <clears throat> All right. Dear ESOTR, hey, it's Jack A again. The best weapons in ESO will be crafted by players, so will raiders like Dave, he of Papa Brisket fame, be unmotivated <laughs> by the inferior boss loot from Jack A. From an MMO standpoint, the min-maxer will do exactly what it takes to get the best gear in the quickest fashion possible. Lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it takes to get that best item for that slot. I remember being on the cutting edge of raiding in uh, Rift, and it was exactly like that. Uh, also, I think it's important to note that whatever uh, weapons or armor that, that you get, you can improve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's say for sake of example, you got... Um, you know, you got a great you got a great weapon in in a public dungeon or you know in a 
in a closed instanced dungeon. Um, you can go back and if you if you have a high level uh, blacksmithing or if you if you've kept up with your crafting, all right, you can take that weapon and then make it even better. So it's not that crafters are able to make the best stuff in the game and that it cancels out what you can get out of as request rewards and drops. It's that whatever you get as quest rewards and drops, crafters can make, make better. better. So that's why they're able to make the best stuff in the game. It's, it's oh, look at this wonderful thing. Well, if I just, you know, do a little this and do all that, and there you go. And now it does more damage. Um, or, you know, you could just not do that and still have a great weapon that does a tremendous amount of damage for its level could do that too so um i really appreciate the uh the crafting in this game and i so good it's amazing i love it It, it's neat uh lou our final email for the evening okay our final email comes from it's unknown unsigned but whoever you are mysterious stranger says hello esotr team Hello, um, Kenny. Kenneth. Kenneth. In quotes, Kenneth. <laughs> Dude. All right. Hello, UCOTR team. First, I would like to say congrats on your 100th episode. Thank you, sir. I recently Google searched ESO podcast and surprisingly found you guys. I have only been listening for about a week, but I listened to your last 9 to 10 episodes of ESOTR. I would have to admit that I have listened to these multiple times. The fact that your episodes are two to three hours long is amazing. Unfortunately, you're based on the East Coast, and the time difference from Southern California prohibits me from watching the show live sometimes. I want to say thank you for your hard work and continue doing what you are doing. Recently signed up for the Guild for ESO on the PC and cannot wait to play with the team. From a newborn Elder Scrolls Off the Record fan... Now, is that the real name you have that in there? It is, yeah. His name yeah, is... Okay. Yeah, okay. And this email is from Andrew B. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, um, we've gotten a lot of emails based on that 100th episode, and everyone says the exact same thing. There wasn't a single email that we did not receive that didn't say that Liz's gift to us, the the uh, the audio file she sent us with all the songs on it, was the best part of, of that show, and it really was. That was just an absolutely amazing, epic portion of that show and i i gotta i thanked liz then i'm gonna thank her right now thank you so much i mean you really you turned you turned a a great show into the best episode we've ever had and it just goes to show you that that um with 100 episodes under our belt there's no sign of slowing down and um some of our best content is is still to come because we have an unbelievably awesome team here at the Quest Gaming Network, and it doesn't matter what show you're on, uh, you can still be a meaningful part of of what we do here. So it, it kind of matters which show you're on. I mean, we have a hierarchy: Totally Heroes. Yep, yep, yep. is right up at the top, and then you yep. have like uh, the Community Game Night right below them, mm. and then like down here are the slumming it like with the SOTR and Rift off the record. Yeah. I would say Rift Off the Record is probably higher than Totally Heroes. Because, <laughs> I don't know. Dave, what do you yeah. think? Uh, no, I would say – let's take it to a vote. Ready, Shank? 
Totally yeah. Heroes. To- yeah. Yep. No, Totally Heroes, not. No. <laughs> I said it before, and I'll say it again. If you're not listening to Totally Heroes, you need to rethink your life. That said, if you're not listening to Rift off the record, you need eh. to you need to get Rift. Seriously, get Rift. It's free. You have no excuses. And then listen to that show because it's outstanding. There's just yeah, there's nothing. It really is. It really is. It, what Liz has done with that show, what Liz and, and Rob have done with that show, is is a great fresh perspective on podcasts at Quest Gaming Network, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, that is that is the end of the show. Uh, bottom of the show, time for the top of the QGN community segment. Um, what I'm going to do is I'd like to take this time to just remind everyone exactly what's going on this weekend. Uh, we are we are streaming the entire weekend and uh, starting at Friday at noon when the when the servers go live and ending uh, Sunday at midnight when they shut down. Uh, we have classic elder scrolls night for you at, uh, 9 PM on Friday. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at oblivion. Uh, we're, we're going to be taking a look at Cyrodiil in elder scrolls online and comparing it to oblivion's Cyrodiil and showing you some of the landmarks there as well. Uh, later on that evening, you will have late night with Maury and Monovan. Uh, they're going to be uh, marauding around the countryside of Tamriel from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, then, starting at 9 a.m. till 1 p.m. Eastern, will be father and son in Tamriel on Saturday. Rob from Rift Off the Record is going to be playing Elder Scrolls Online with commentary from his very young boy. Uh, later on at 1 o'clock will be Shank's Hitchhiker's Guide to Tamriel. Watch Shank walk around starting at 1 o'clock Eastern showcasing the beauty that is Elder Scrolls Online's environment. And then later on that evening, of course, Quest uh, Quest Gaming Network's community night, community game night, driven by the community team here. The guys are going to be jumping in to Cyrodiil and PvPing. Again, after that, we'll be starting at 4 a.m. till 9 a.m. as well. We'll be late night with Monovan and Mori. Again, uh, maraudering around... Tamriel in only in only the way that they can uh and covering uh some of you international folk out there that like listening to to our show. Uh the entire time we're going to be streaming Elder Scrolls online so when we don't have a show going, well don't worry, there's still something to be seen here at twitch.tv/questgamingnetwork. Um, real quick, if you're interested in getting in touch with us, you can email us at elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Twitter account and that is at elder scrolls OTR. You can follow me. I'm a Varwin at a Varwin. That's E V A R W Y N. Lou is at gamer guy 11 B. That's G A M E R G U Y 1 1 B. Dave is at D N force D I E N F O R C E. And Shank is at Shank the tank S H A N K T H. T-A-N-K, and I was told they put pumice stones in Elder Scrolls Online because they wanted Shank to sell them at a discount. Yeah, that's true. True story. Uh, you can reach us uh, at questgamingnetwork.com. Questgamingnetwork.com is our portal site for everything here on the network. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go there as well and, and submit a $10 donation to get a special mention as well on any of our shows, though if you do that, 
just let us know what show it is that you would like to um, have us uh, shout you out on. Uh, don't forget our other shows either. We've got Classic Elder Scrolls Night, which is Fridays at 9, Community Game Night, starting Saturdays at 9, Rift Off the Record Live, Sundays at 7, Totally Heroes, excuse me, Swotor Reforged, Monday at 7, and then Totally Heroes, Monday at 10. And all of these times are, of course, Eastern Time. This show records um, Thursdays at 7 as well. Uh, join our community on the forums at questgamingcommunity.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork. Follow us on Google Plus at google.com slash plus sign questgamingnetwork. And apparently all hate mail can be sent to twitter.com slash of Tamriel. Interesting. And, of course, this video and all of our videos from Elder Scrolls Online to just crazy stuff that we're doing on the network can be found at youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork. And we stream live every single day from twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. When the channel's down, you can still go there and view when the next awesome stream is about to pop up. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Time to say goodbye. We'll start with Lou. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. See you all again next time. Have a great one, everybody. We'll see you next time. Shank. Until next time, guys, Shadow hide you. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Chat room. Thank you very much, everyone who has joined us in the chat room today. I hope you enjoy the beta keys that we have passed out. And as always, may the foos be with you! Fusoldah!